1: Podcast, Appetite for Distortion Episode number 357 My name is Brando Big episode for you today Coming up later on in the show LA based synth rock band They're called Them Guns Of course you gotta have Them Guns On the Guns N' Roses themed podcast But not just you know, That's not the only theme Doug Goldstein Former Guns N' Roses manager And friend of mine And yours is their manager and lead singer Nav, his mom is Priscilla Presley. So a, a touch of Elvis, a bit. We'll, we'll get into that with Nav and, and Kyle, his bandmate Kyle, an amazing keyboardist who has an even more impressive beard. We'll get there. But first, uh, we're going to speak to just a really, really wonderful woman. And we're so glad as Ronnie James Dio fans out there that she is still putting out his music and we get to experience kind of Ronnie maybe for the first time in a lot of ways. So Wendy Dio is with us today, and Dio has a new Super Deluxe Edition 80th birthday out with a four CD collection, remastered, remixed versions of their 1983 debut, the Platinum debut. There's outtakes, live recordings. Uh, it's just gonna, be, it's just really cool. So I don't want to wait any further. Let's get right into it, Miss Wendy Dio. How are you today?
2: Good. How are
1: you doing? Uh, I really appreciate you taking some time to speak with me uh, today this morning. Well,
2: thank you for asking.
1: You know, obviously, with this, and thank you actually for like the fans for putting together this amazing collection of of CDs and remastered. Like, I want to know when you decide to put this together for the fans. How does that process go? Do you and how much are you involved in it? You know, I I guess, where do you where do you start from and how do we get to where we are now with this 40 CD collection and remastered and again of uh, the the debut of Holy Diver? How do you how do we get there?
2: Well, uh, Rhino decided they wanted to do a box set um, and said, we need to find some things to go in the box set uh, for the 40th anniversary next year of of, uh, Holy Diver and Ronnie's 80th birthday. And so uh, they said, well, what about uh, remixing Holy Diver? And I said, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. And so um, then I thought about it. I said, okay, let's let's think about it. And so they gave me a few producers to look at and listen to, and I did, and I didn't want any of those. And then I said, well, I, I, I will agree to it, but it's got to be somebody of my choice. So then I went and listened to a bunch of stuff, and I came across John Barishi, who'd done Tool and many, other bands and I thought I like his production and so I, I contacted his manager and he said he talked to Joe and then I'd found out that Joe was a big fan of Ronnie's didn't know that that he had worked at Sound City in the 90s and saw Ronnie's Gold Records there and uh, was a big fan and so he said oh I don't know if I want to Work with that. What you know? What can I do to improve it? I said, we well, just bring it up to modern standards and put your stamp on it. You know. He said, okay. So then we got into it, and uh, he got really excited about it. I love what he did. It's really in your face. Uh, then we went into the vault and we'll find more things because he found the original analog tapes to work with. Uh, then he found some outtakes said, what about we put those on there? I was like, mm, okay. Uh, then we found the, the a 1983 live recording at Fresno show. So let's put that on there. Okay, let's do that. Then we found some B-sides that were on different singles and stuff. Let's put that on there. Let's do clear vinyl. Let's do this Let's do some artwork hmm. um, let, let, Let's bring Mick Wall on again Who did the book and, and do the liner notes And then we We were just Kept on adding More and more things It was like Oh we didn't know we had this. We didn't know we had that. And uh, if you notice on uh, on the um, uh, Joe Barishi uh, mix, he's, uh, it's very in your face. And it does not use fade-outs at all. It's uh, the end of the song. Whether it was the end of the song or not, it, it's, it's the end of the song. It doesn't go fade-out. So I was very happy with it. I think Ronnie would be very happy with it. Um, I hope the fans like it.
1: That's really cool to know how involved you were. And... You're listening as, as a producer. You know, you, you, this isn't just something like, okay, you know what? Somebody wants to work on it. Let's see what we can come up with. No, it has to be the right person. Right. It has to be the right sound and the right fit. So I, I want to ask, since I have a lot, to, I feel like I have a lot to learn from you. Because you were married six, 36 years? I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. Okay, 36 couple, years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just got married um, a couple weeks ago. So on the 19th. So I'm a newlywed. Can you give me any advice that my wife, I mean, she's, she's cool. She also has bangs just like you. So maybe I'm, I'm in for a long, happy life. How did happy you, life. A happy life. A happy
2: wife is a happy life. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, why I do, happy. that's how I do the <laughs> no, business. No, I think the most important thing is to always discuss problems that you have don't let it you know build up and and not talk about it if somebody's doing something you're not happy with you tell them and you sit down and talk about it you don't shout and scream and argue although Ronnie and I did have some knock down drag out yells about different things Uh, but our rule in life mostly was he, he I didn't interfere with his music he didn't interfere with my management but you know obviously we have disagreements about certain things and different things but he always trusted my judgment I always knew his music was amazing, and I didn't interfere. So those are things that you know that I think the the, the most important thing is to be able to talk about things and not fight about it.
1: Right on. Yeah. Uh, right before I got on with you, I kissed my wife goodbye and I was and she's like, I know when to shut up when Wendy Dio comes on. So we have an understanding. So she's not. Um, I know I only have you for a few more minutes and you may notice that the name of this podcast is Appetite for Distortion. There's a, a Guns yes. N' Roses theme. So uh, there is some what I call six degrees of g r bacon. To Dio, so uh, in 2014, uh, Axel Rose got the Ronnie James Dio Lifetime Achievement Award at the Revolver Golden Gods. Are you uh, on that board about who gets the award? Like, who des- decides it? Is it just like a namesake? I'm just curious if you had any involvement. Uh,
2: yeah, it, it's um, it was started um, by the Golden Gods, and and they uh, they they named it after Ronnie. So Ronnie was uh, actually awarded it uh, three weeks before he passed away. He got the Golden Gods Award. Mm. Uh, and I think they decided to name it after that, uh, or Ronnie passed away.
1: So, so do, do they decide who gets it every year, or do you have any say in that?
2: No, I don't have any say in that at all. No, okay, they decide. Yeah, okay, curious. But they named a lot of stages in uh, in uh, Britain and and across Europe. They named a lot of stages after Ronnie. as a Ronnie Jonesio stage. Um, there's a big uh, statue, for life size statue of Ronnie in Cabana in um, Bulgaria. So a lot of different um, places have named things after Ronnie, which I'm very proud of.
1: Cool, cool. Another six degrees of GNR bacon, as I call it. Uh, slash, he did an interview in Rolling Stone shortly after Ronnie had passed and it, like many famous rock stars you know giving his condolences and saying he, what an influence he was but he spoke about and I'm curious maybe if you've heard it
3: favorite stuff from him was really you know was, uh, heaven and hell um, came out when I was playing guitar and I have a 20 minute version of me playing that which is probably one of the best guitar solos I ever did
1: have you heard that can we see that like is that on a future output do you think?
2: Well, maybe. You have to talk to him. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe. Maybe.
1: You have a better chance. So I'm, I'm putting it out there. So I don't know if Wendy Dio wants to contact Slash and, and uh, get that 20-minute version of Heaven and Hell out there.
2: All Slash right. has been a great supporter of our charity. Uh, he's been there for us. And as, as a lot of Guns N' Roses people, uh, you know, the Gilby Clarks and the... Duff McKagan's and Stephen Adler's they've all been there for us on on all the things we have They're on all our charity events and they always give their time and their talent and it's you know amazing how many heavy metal artists will always give their time and their talent for charity I'm very very humbled by that and appreciative.
1: Before I, I let you go can you talk about the, the charities that are most important to you and, and to Ronnie and how we can help
2: uh yes um you can go to Dio uh cancerfund.org and find out what's going on I'm very pleased that this will be the first time I, after two and a half years we're able to do a bowl for Ronnie right. we'll do a celebrity bowl on November 17th in Los Angeles and uh uh, Giza Butler's already got his uh, Bowling shoes out and his Ball ready, Tom Morello usually brings His own ball, And Jack Black Has been great to gracious with his presence When he's not working, so it's A fun evening, raising money for, for Our charity, which uh, you know We've raised uh, almost uh, Three million dollars now um, wow. And we give it to different uh, Organizations, uh, from research And education, uh, 14 Board members, we're all Volunteers, we have no administration costs, no payroll. Uh, We all just work. So if a kid gives us a dollar, uh, that's going to go straight into research and education. Uh, We've given money to Vanderbilt Hospital, to MD Anderson in Houston, where Ronnie was treated, uh, to UCLA. We're working right now with Dr. Wong. Um, So, you know, we we give a lot of money, seed money, and then government comes in and gives more money. Like we gave 100,000 to Vanderbilt for research on stomach cancers because they didn't have any and because of that someone gave five hundred thousand, and then the government gave me 11 million so you know it's it's we're working to try to find a cure for this horrible disease
1: um well thank you for all the work that you're doing the fans thank you for the music that you continually uh put out for your your late husband and i know it's been a few years but still i'm very sorry for your loss and uh, again the fans thank you and i thank you for your time wendy
2: Thank you for your support. Couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you.
1: Take care. Rather than just throwing a bunch of songs together that we think are fun, we're going over it. You know, with a fine-tooth
4: comb and just working on everything to try. That's the goal. Very appetizing.
3: For
1: Discovery, we go from an established three-name rock star... Dio, we all know Dio, but we got to meet this up and coming three. I got to always think of a connection to six degrees of G&R bacon, three letter names. Nav, what's going on? We have Nav and Kyle from Them Guns. What gets you, Doug Goldstein? Everyone's here seeming probably for you, but no, come on. We got to talk to Them Guns under Appetite for Discovery. Really nice to meet you, Nav and Kyle. Welcome.
3: Thank nice you. To meet you. as
1: nice well. You too, man. Thanks for having us. Right on. We've been having a fun conversation off the air. So these are awesome guys. I'm not just saying that because I'm meeting them for the first time, but just in Ninja Turtles, beards, you know, tattoos. We're all into it. So, uh, And obviously rock and roll. So we're here to meet Them Guns. And Doug Goldstein, former Guns N' Roses manager, I guess, has an affinity for managing bands with the name with the word guns in it
0: yeah well yeah yeah and and flower related because i went uh from guns and roses to the stone roses to them guns so i don't know how to work with anybody that doesn't have some kind of correlation there the so,
1: oh yeah. man where's the- yeah,
0: now why don't you talk about how you and i got together uh
4: through a crazy lady named roxy there you Go yes, uh, we had a previous uh a photo shoot that we were working on and she came to a band practice of ours and uh, heard our music, and she said, "You know, what are you guys doing without a top-notch manager like Doug Goldstein?" Um, <laughs> and I said, I-, "I don't know, tell me." So she made the call, to Doug, and uh, and and that's where it started.
1: And you guys, uh, you and Kyle, are out in LA. Are you separate? Where are you both now? Yeah, we,
4: we actually started in Santa Cruz, California. Uh, Slugs. In
0: the Slugs. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, not everybody knows Nav. You gotta tell them about the, the Pulp Fiction thing, then they'd get it, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, exactly. <laughs> um yeah, we were we were just uh playing in, in Santa Cruz for about two years and started doing a few small tours together. And someone told me I should move where all the fucking other musicians are in the world back to where I came from, to LA. (laughs) Uh, So uh, we did that and we got thrown back into the mosh pit of bands (laughs) and kind of just uh, started forming our our following in LA and uh, we've been working on that since
1: you know you have a uh, a musical um you know hereditary history now and i'm just curious when it started for you you're a singer call you your keyboards this is kind of a um, like a how would you describe them guns for those who are and we're going to play two songs uh, we don't do this a lot on the podcast two of, tracks of yours at the end of the podcast it's like synth rock and i don't i, I know i probably it's a compliment, but it's, I don't know if you've ever heard this. It's kind of like a popular typo negative in a way. It's really I, I love that. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. Cool. I'll take that compliment. All right, cool, uh, cool. I mean,
4: my up until now <laughs> up until just now, uh, my favorite previous uh comparison was muse with balls.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. all right, well, I'm glad I have your new favorite comparison. <laughs> but I'll take the typo over that one. Because it wasn't... Uh, go ahead, Doug, I'm sorry.
0: No, I love typo, man. They
1: were all... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, of course, I love typo. Johnny Kelly, a former drummer. Yeah, uh, I love
0: Johnny, he's a good yeah, He's
1: in, in, in Danzig. Yeah, yep. with Danzig, and he's in uh, with Stephen Adler, and he's in Quiet Riot now. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean everyone's in quiet right now.
0: That's right, one time or another. <laughs> right,
1: uh, but yeah, I mean not certainly quite as deep as Peter Steele, but that's what it made me think of, and I'm, I'm glad that's why I was like, okay, I, I hope this is a good place that my brain went to, and so I'm glad I got it. So, uh, I guess who were your musical influences growing up, and how did you make this? Yeah, LA is a big scene, but there's not a lot of hard synth rock out there. It's it's right.
3: Yeah. At least in my world. <laughs> when I was in Santa Cruz, I was working at the Catalyst. I was doing live sound. So I was just seeing like 12, 15 bands a week. And there was just, you know, you see a lot of bands. You're you're working with a lot of bands. It just like there was something missing, like especially with keyboard-driven rock. You know, there was a lot of like jam bands and a lot of bands where keyboard kind of takes the back the back seat to everything, so it kind of, for me, started being like, okay, how do we get something going that just sounds different that no one else is doing out there that still has the rock, still kind of has like, you know, our our wantingness and willingness to kind of jam a little bit, and yeah. so a lot of it kind of came out of that.
1: I can't see, I can't see, uh, quite see the posters behind you, but who? Uh... Who are you influenced by? Are those band players out um, there? I well, can't tell. we got
3: Primus, nice. Hendrix, and Ghost back there. I mean, I love Ghost. Um, they have a new, it's actually ex-members of Ghost. They have a band out called Priest, which is kind of <laughs> like very gothy, synthy, lots of keyboards. So I've been digging them a lot. Um, really anything from classic rock. I mean, we both love the Chemical Brothers as well. Um, going into more like old '90s house sort of stuff, so really just a mixed bag. And and my first the uh,
4: musical influence was like probably the, the one that made me want to like pick up a guitar and play was probably Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Um, I like grunge, and I kind of just like the, the expression of it. Uh, and when I first the first band I played in was kind of well, you know more like that. And then, uh, you know, once I met Kyle, he added the keyboard, and it's kind of like an analog, uh, you know, DJ-type uh, addition to the band, which is kind of cool. But, uh,
0: you know, uh, I but, fairness, now, I'm sorry, but in, in all fairness to Kyle, not just a keyboard player. <laughs> He's yeah, yeah. A different method, uh, uh, yeah. Player. yeah. Yeah, the guy's really, really, really talented. He'll, he'll be humble and say that... Uh, you know, he's the keyboardist, but he's substantially more than that. The guy.
4: Yeah, yeah he's. In, in green. So when, when we write songs, it's 85, he'll probably say 99, and I'll say 85. 85% of the time, it's him that writes all the music and I write the lyrics. Sometimes I write some music too. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, the first thing that made me want to pick up the guitar was Nirvana. And so I started playing guitar and I started playing. Right-handed, but I am left-handed by nature. Okay, and uh, you know, I, I it just kind of wasn't really working out for me playing right-handed, and I was like, you know, I think I need to play left-handed. And everyone's like, oh, it's just because Kurt Cobain played left-handed. You <laughs> want to do that? Blah, blah. I, like, I write with my fucking left hand. Mm. You know, like I'm left-handed. So uh, I actually had a um, guitar recital. I think about like five or six days from the point that I bought a left handed guitar. I'd been training or practicing in right handed guitar, and I bought a left handed guitar about five or six days before the recital. And I switched within about five days to playing left handed.
0: (laughs) You really? Yeah. See, that's what's fun about these podcasts is I find out shit that I didn't know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. You
0: that's... still need to find out how I met Axel. <laughs> I know, dude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, just to be that naturally talented, yeah, we're going to find out how we get uh, uh, Met Axel, of course. Uh, you know, six degrees of GNR bacon in addition to just Mr. Doug Goldstein being here and his placard behind him, which is just, I got to get me one of those. I guess I, indes- I wasn't the manager, so I didn't deserve it. I have to get everything else behind me. Like, uh, it's Amazon, wall of Amazon, uh, dot com stuff behind me. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to ask now, because I'm glad you said Nirvana, and I grew up on Nirvana, you know, being 38, obviously Guns N' Roses. It's interesting how, you know, why I'm not doing a Nirvana podcast, because I'm kind of just missed the cusp of Guns N' Roses. Because, Doug, we're, you know, we talked about it off the air. We're going to do a 30th anniversary of User Illusion, and we're going to have fans call in. But 30 years ago, I was eight. I was, my first concert, guys, I didn't tell you this off the air, uh, which I know, Kyle, you'll appreciate. And I've said this before, so forgive me to listeners, but Ninja Turtles, uh, it was the Ninja Turtles on, uh, at Radio City Music Hall. Wow. You know, and they were. It's, you know, because it was creepy. Those guys in costumes. I was actually just telling my wife the story yesterday where, oh, and this pertains to everything. I'm currently wearing, I had to buy on eBay, uh, a guns my, for my first GNR concert, uh, Guns N' Roses 02 with Buckethead. I, I I had the original shirt. I just destroyed it. I needed a new one. I was talking about wanting to have uh, the original shirt for the Ninja Turtles, my really first concert. I don't know if they sold them. I can buy, you know, bootleg ones now, but they sold nunchucks outside. This just goes to show you the 80s. You know, it's still it – like yeah, it was like, you know, styrofoam and plastic, but it still hurt. And the first thing I did was smack my brother Tristan in the face, you know. And I'm the Leonardo. He's the Raphael, by the way, Kyle and, and Nav. I told you all yeah, our personalities fit yeah yeah <laughs> really love that tattoo
3: man that's a great idea for you and all your brothers
1: yeah the the weapons i just i'm gonna get yeah. together touched up a little bit more but still yeah it's a unique yeah. one unique one that's a really good idea really so, cool idea. so cool enough about my childhood uh Nav, i i want to ask because you're i don't you want to say that you're your mom i don't want to say you want to say your mom is priscilla presley yes I want. I guess. How are you not force fed, or were you force fed Elvis growing up? I guess is that. Would you think that would be a surprise to some people for you not to just see Elvis right off the bat, or do you feel any yeah, connection? Because you're, you know, I, it's for me saying like it's a connection to a relative I never knew, Elvis or not. You might not feel anything. So, if you,
4: um, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't really uh, introduced to it until later on um hmm. i think my dad it was never really spoken about i guess but i think my dad has a little bit of a an inferiority and, and maybe oh. possibly a jealousy issue oh.
1: <laughs> To elvis yeah
4: <laughs> just maybe <laughs>
1: you're right you know how do you compete with that oh my so, god
4: <laughs> so it wasn't played much um Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: That's like my 85-year-old father, the sprinter, being jealous of Usain Bolt.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's interesting, but you never, I guess you asked about, just in general, like, you know, tell me about my grandpa. Nothing like that? Well,
4: he's, not, he's not my grandma. He's my sister's father. Okay. So, well, I guess i uh, there you go you know um i never really i was never really a part of that um i'm close with you know uh my sister's daughter uh and that's uh, really the mo- about as close as i got with um you know being into that uh world
1: okay all right cool cool i got gotcha. you so, as we uncover, you know, the six degrees of GNR Bacon, I mean, there was a little six degrees of Elvis Bacon here, so I got to ask. I, mean,
4: I do get caught singing a couple of his songs when the Grateful Dead covered it, you know? So people be like, oh, you're singing Elvis. Oh, I'll like, no, that's. that's, <laughs> Is that that's
0: <laughs>
1: <later>. Okay. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Okay. Well, then let's. Uh, Transition and segue to because you mentioned your, your half sister and she met because I know you mentioned uh, you met Axel and she met yeah. Axel. So actually, let me see if I can share the screen here and show this picture. Of you see that you and your what
0: that? Yeah. yeah, what year was that 98?
1: No, this had to have been in like the two 2015 2012, 2012, Okay. No, no, not reason. Yeah. I'm sorry. I misspoke with 2015. This is about like 2000, like, like 10 yeah. years ago, 15 years ago, I would say. I mean, yeah, okay. axel has got Wait, the Fu Manchu. I'm sorry, Doug. Okay.
4: Yeah, I, I knew when he had the long, I met him when he had the long uh, braids.
1: Right, okay. Doug, what were you I'm sorry, You're getting your Zoom is getting overtaken. I'll shut up. Go ahead, what you were saying?
0: No, I was just saying that it looks to me about 10 years ago. Yeah. Knowing him as I do, right?
1: Yeah, I mean fans are, are great and forgive me for not knowing exactly but he's got the Fu Manchu, you know, era. I mean that was a very discernible era. Uh so, you know, maybe one day I'll get a chance to get uh, you know, her story about meeting Axel Rose, but I would love to get your story about meeting Axel.
2: Uh
4: it was actually at uh, Century City shopping mall okay. uh, in Santa Monica before the remodel uh and i uh, was going to the movies there and uh i saw a guy standing there smoking a cigar and and my cousin is was the hugest guns and roses fan at the time like literally dressed like axel acted like axel like was doing the Axel thing <laughs> and uh so i i see axel and i was like uh I like Guns N' Roses, but my cousin's the biggest fan. So I was like, oh, hey, like, nice to meet you. I didn't say anything who I was, nothing. But I said, "Uh, you know, my cousin is the biggest Guns N' Roses fan ever. And I was like, maybe like 13, 12 at the time. I said, will you call him real quick and just say hi? And he's like, yeah, man, for sure. And Axel called my cousin. My cousin didn't answer, which is a good or a bad thing. I, I don't know yet.
1: Okay. But it
4: went to voicemail. So Axel left my cousin a voicemail. That's cool. Which he still has to this day.
0: That's cool. So,
1: which, uh, right on. So that
4: was pretty. So I don't know if it's good or bad that he didn't answer. I don't know. Because now he still has the.
0: He has that. He has that recording for. Yeah,
4: exactly. So yeah. it's kind of even cooler. You know what? You're... He probably would have been an idiot if he did the answer. So, you know, uh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a so, very uh, good point. hundred yeah. percent right. It, um, it, it, I understand it's a voicemail. It's private. But anything like, did he leave a funny message? Or did he say, "Hey, it's Axel"? You know, bye. Hey,
4: it's Axel. My uh, well, cousin says it, you're a big fan, and uh, you know, just want to say hey, you know, <laughs> thanks for something like that, something really cool. Oh, that's cool. And, and then I I, met, I had an admiration for my cousin, so I like to surprise him with things. So then I was working at uh, Immortal Records in uh, 2004-ish, right when uh, Velvet Revolver got signed. I actually brought Velvet Revolver their contracts.
0: Oh, right on! to sign.
4: and I actually screwed up their contract because <laughs> it was like a four hundred page thing, and I had to print it, and it was uh, not in order with the guy.
1: that's actually a human so got, thing to happen. Uh, I love it. I was an intern, so you can't really fire someone. Oh man, I I relate to that man.
0: Nine percent chance you're staring at a stoner. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I brought them their contract and actually went to the very, very <laughs> first Velvet Revolver show at the Wiltern. And uh, I blindfolded my cousin and didn't tell him where he was going. Hmm. And I took off his blindfold. uh to Axel standing, or not like to, to, to Slash standing uh, in
1: front of him. Oh my goodness! I mean, we're talking about you know who you may or may, you know related to. I wish I was related to. Look what you do for your cousin. <laughs> I mean, just with the voicemail, and then you know, surprise, Velvet Revolver party. My God!
4: Yeah, yeah. he met he met Duff, he met slash, he met everybody. It was, it was cool. Oh, very. I, cool. And, and then, I mean, that's not to do with Slash, but then actually that night wow here's a crazy correlation so velvet revolver's first show they did all covers of bleach mm. of nirvana wow and uh during one of those songs scott Weiland uh a loogie, and i happened to catch it in my mouth
0: <laughs>
4: I like, day? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been tested since.
1: You know, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to yeah. say to that. Well, uh, I, good for you. I'm glad you've been tested, though. I'm glad you're alive. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Kyle, do you have anything? I don't even know how you can compete with that. I mean, you have the best beard on the show, but can you compete with you it?
2: Be. I've been working on this for
3: three years. (laughs) it's uh it's hard to compete with that like i've seen guns and roses one time it was in 2014 at the golden gods awards and axel was actually getting the ronnie james dio lifetime achievement award yeah
1: perfect look at this um
3: and it was a weird show because it was just plagued with sound issues so you know First, Andrew Dice Clay came out to announce them. Then Nicholas Cage came out to announce them, and it was like the most Nicholas Cage speech that you could ever expect him to I, have,
4: I have a couple good Nicolas Cage.
0: Stories, <laughs> he was he
3: was in full Nick Cage form. Um, you know, it's like he, he's like you know. Um, if you've seen Ghost Rider, you'll know that I picked up a few Axel moves and, you know, the Serpentine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the cobra move. But uh, it was a cool show. Slash did well, some Axel moves in uh, Gone in 60 Seconds as well. I, I guess he's a huge Axel fan. But, oh, uh,
1: he loves but axle. No
3: Slash. I think the rest of the band was there. No Slash. It was. But.
1: It was all the new band, but I think Duff showed up
3: yeah duff was there yeah dj ashbow was playing guitar
1: um that's a cool show though yeah
3: yeah that was that was definitely interesting and then uh another another little six degrees i've got is um where 90 percent of the album was recorded i know Nav will say 85 <laughs> but here here at my home studio in canoga park um walking distance i found this out like years after i moved here but walking distance from rumbo recorders
2: yeah. where
3: appetite for destruction was recorded oh, nice. um, which now i think is some sort of like armenian banquet hall or something i know it's not a recording studio anymore <laughs> right, huh? wow
0: yeah rumble was, cool. rumble was a cool hang we actually did some of patients
3: there also very cool yeah yeah Yeah, I think Dio recorded there as well. Like, I was looking at the lineup. it's it's definitely was a contending Valley studio. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Look at that. Kyle, you end up having a six degrees to Dio when we're on with Wendy Dio. I mean, I'm trying to
3: tie it all together.
1: (laughs) It's like I scripted this. And and now it's it's so funny. I want to get Nick Cage on this podcast. So bad. If you look over my my left shoulder, there's a Q104.3. It's a classic rock station I work for in New York City. Uh, just you know, part I, I have a full time radio, but I part time there. My podcast is on their website. I produce their morning shows sometimes, and but on their station is uh, Nick's older brother, Mark Mark Coppola, uh-huh. and he is just so funny and and it just looks like Nick. And he tells me things off the air that I can't repeat, you know, and also about his uh, his Uncle Francis Ford Coppola and all these things. So, yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to share any Nick Cage stories, but, I mean, he's somebody that I, I – man, I, I love his movies. <laughs> Even though he's a big – he's a little <laughs> off. I, I love him, man.
2: Yeah,
3: – his latest.
4: Right? Uh, I'm pretty sure I can say anything. Uh, <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> Uh, none of them are bad stories they're all they're all good things um i mean the one of the first few times i met him uh we went to go see venus and furs i think at the at the blue uh that that place the blue something the club i don't know um but uh, yeah we, uh, house of blues that one. Oh, okay um, <laughs> so we went to go see views and then uh i mean i i think around that time there was a funny story that he shared about some party he had where eddie vetter did something with a couch uh, destroying it somehow and then i remember they were at uh, a party at eddie vetter's house and he decided to throw the pool table in, into the pool. And I said, like, you can't just throw people's pool table in the pool. He's like, well, he threw my couch in the pool. Like I can throw a pool table in the pool. It, it works out. You know, <laughs> you know like,
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. oh man. That is- uh, and,
4: and then I, I think the, the most random one, I went to go to uh the what's it called at excalibur in vegas nights of the Ren- uh the thing where they joust and stuff oh
0: yeah uh-huh.
1: uh yeah they like were, medieval uh, times or something Medieval times. oh That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. so we're not going times, down down like down down
4: 25th or 26th birthday and i'm walking out nicholas cage was at at medieval times too
1: oh my god <laughs>
4: Dude, you're my old brother. I don't, I don't know how well his memory is, you know, these, these people are, so I'm like, I don't know if you remember, but I'm your ex-brother-in-law. <laughs> and He's like, oh, yeah, 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 how are you doing? I was like, good, good to see you. He's like, all right, see you later.
1: Oh, man. It's
0: <laughs> funny you mention the Excalibur? See, you guys are young. I, I'm so old that I remember when it was the caliber. <laughs>
1: that's funny nice I should have that queued up I should have, yeah uh, before we get back to the music I just want to ask you know yeah you weren't raised on Elvis but were you raised on The Naked Gun I am, yes. I am
4: actually if you'll give me a minute I will go get something right now Okay. Uh, that's pretty cool
1: okay I'm looking forward to that because I mean uh, Doug uh, I mean, so and Kyle those are the greatest comedy movies of all time
0: you know what? I got to t- to talk to Priscilla and I asked her about Leslie Nielsen. Okay. And She, she said he was the sweetest man, just not a, not just funny, but just a just a doll. And she's was just a, such a sweet lady and so incredibly supportive of Nav and Kyle. I mean, yeah. you can see that Kyle.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. She's like really had our back through and through. Um Yeah, we owe her a lot for just support and advice and helping and like such like what better person to get advice from you know
2: oh, like, just
0: yeah. so
1: funny. yeah I mean, it's all about that's a, we talk about uh, family dynamics a lot on this podcast i mean especially Doug as a dad and your your son's band honey and him not and wanting help it, Oh, ooh, there's doggers. Oh, no,
0: baby. There's a
1: smooth. This is Enzo. Oh, all right. So, like Scooby-Doo. I.
0: Like Scooby Doo.
1: He does look like Scooby Doo. Right?
0: Like
1: that's funny. <laughs> like so, I don't know. Are you just showing us a dog and a ball, which is still great?
3: <laughs> Waiting for the naked gun connection.
1: I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, is. is the dog's name OJ? This
4: a dog toy in my hand. It's not a dog ball. Surely so can't be serious. <laughs> this is a, uh, a baseball uh, signed by everybody from the first Naked Gun film.
1: Oh, oh wow! Beautiful. It's
4: uh, a pretty cool thing. Uh, it's got O.J. Simpson. Oh my goodness!
1: Oh. Wow. you got? It's
4: got uh, Leslie Nielsen. You need to Terrible.
1: put that in a. You got to put that in a box. Of
4: course, my lovely mother is right on here somewhere right there
1: wow and- that that's that cool. is so cool. I thought my Wade Boggs autographed baseball was cool. Not no no. <laughs> that, that's that is pretty. Wesley <laughs> Nielsen and a murderer. On he the just around, <laughs> the dog chew on it. I know. That's, what is this? The Sandlot? <laughs> we should make the Sandlot. I mean, no, you know. I guess there is a Sandlot too that nobody saw. Should, yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm the nerd that knows that. <laughs> Let's make another. All right. That oh that is uh, that is too incredible. Uh, what do people, and Doug, maybe you want to answer that. What should people yeah. know about them guns that people, that, as for me, I'm a New Yorker. I know you're kind of an LA based band, but now I don't know how many well, interviews you've done. Like, what should we know about before we see them live and before we listen to the music at the end of the podcast?
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I really want Nap to kind of talk about, we talked about this off camera, but, um, the revelation that he had, oh, right. um, and then not so distant past, about his father and how that's kind of changed the shape of what I plan on doing uh, to launch the band. But I'll let Nav talk about it first, and then I'll kind of let you know where I'm thinking about going with it.
4: Yeah, I don't know what you're, where you're thinking about going with it. <laughs>
0: I, do. All right, R- let's still, see. R- I mean,
1: yeah, tell us, cause yeah, I, I mean, I can't even imagine, uh, just so you know, Nav and and Doug knows and Kai. I mean, most, Kai I'll tell you, my listeners know, but my, my dad, um, about nine years ago, he took his life. So I, I understand that, you know, family, it's like, you just don't know. And I know it's not the same thing about discovering, you know, where your family's really from. So I know I have a, I have a large fan base cause as jo- Guns N' Roses does in, uh, in Brazil. And so it's interesting. And I think maybe Doug learning about the manager and him just wants to use yeah. that- inc- incredible fan base to learn more about the band.
0: You got it, Brando. You know me too well. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm finding out I have a lot
4: more people in Brazil than I, that I think that, than I think I do. <laughs> but, uh, I don't want to, um, you don't want to get into it's it's not, I just don't necessarily want to like, uh, talk trash on everybody or make anybody uh, have any kind of pity of any kind of situation. It's just kind of the way things are. Like a matter of I'm fact. Going, and I'm yeah. totally good with it. So uh, basically, it this is actually a, a pretty in-depth story, <laughs> but uh, I'll try to go as fast as I can. Um, in 2013 and 14, between that new on that new year's Eve, uh, I went to Vegas to go to see a UFC fight and, uh, I went and my dad said, you know, I'm going to be going at the same time as you. Uh, I think I'm going to the fight as well. Um, I'll see you there. So it wasn't like we planned on going to Vegas together or anything. So... While we're in Vegas, he's acting a little bit funny. Last minute, he cancels on going to the fight, gives me his extra ticket. And that's about that. I I thought maybe he was seeing a a lady or something. I don't know. And then uh, about six months later, I get a message from this kid. And he says, uh, hey, I'm your cousin from Brazil. Your dad's my uncle. And the kid's last name is Garcia. And, uh, and, and until this point, I've been told that I'm Italian. Uh, yeah. From Italy, my dad's family. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so I show my dad this message and I say, look, this kid says we're family. And he says, no, no, they're, they're just, you know, trying to use you for the family, something like stay away. They're no good. And then, so I respected my father, we were very close. And so maybe about four or five years later, there's a little, we had a little discrepancy and you know, I, I felt that there was something that wasn't right. So I, I went back in my messages and I found the message. I said, you know, so we're cousins? And he said, yes. And at that point he sends me a picture of, uh, them in Vegas for that New Year's. And I see that they're, uh, it all happened. So I send my dad, I said, you know, what the fuck? Something's wrong here. Do you want to tell me? And my dad says, lose my number. Wow. (laughs) Which which I said, are you serious? He said, yes. And I said, okay. So from then on, I, I haven't spoken to him. But I did connect with my family in Brazil from them, and I've gained about 20 of the most amazing, amazing, amazing family members that I've ever, ever could yeah. dream of. So yeah. I don't consider it a loss. I'm, I'm very happy about what, what happened.
1: Well, I'm glad there was a, a silver lining to it all. I mean, and just shocking. To- it's, it's golden.
0: And so <laughs> golden. Goldstein puts on his manager's cap, because NAV's been invited down to do the biggest talk show in Brazil. And so uh, we signed the band to Golden Robot Records. Um, there's a lot. seems like everybody who's ever left Guns N' Roses has a deal with Golden I Robot Records. I
1: know, Robot. I know. Everyone loves Mark and uh, yeah. Gigi. And, no, no, yeah, Mark yep. Alexander. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, so I signed him to, the, to that, um, and uh, we're going to get on a conference call. You guys don't know this yet, but sometime this week or next week uh, with Mark. And um, I want to go full guns blazing towards the Brazil aspect. Um, I, I like that. They embrace it and they love yeah. it because he's one of them. Uh, yeah. and, and I don't need to tell anybody about Guns N' Roses in Brazil. Um, that's the biggest territory that we've ever played. Um, 220,000 people four times at Rock and Rail. Um, so I know the people down there really well. Um, I know how to promote down there really well. There's actually a great guy who does branding and marketing for bands named Nando Machado, who I've already gotten a hold of. Um, There's a guy who handles security for all the bands that come to South America named Renato Da Silva. Um, I've already spoken to him, and he's going to pick up now when he shows up at the airport and make sure that he finds his way around. Uh, And now his cousin's going to be with him as well. So it's really, to me, going to be the essential launching pad just because it's a, it's a built-in, um, you know, way to launch. So you kind of take what, – what you go where the iron's hot, right? Sure. So if they want to embrace us, I want us to go there. Um, as a manager, I've always told the artists that I work with, and these guys know this about me, but you have to be chameleon-esque. So if we're playing in Brazil and all of a sudden we have a number one single in Germany – we're going to have to get to Germany while we're at number one. So you always have to leave enough room there to obviously placate the patrons that you're playing in front of. But if you got to get out, you got to get out quick to go to an area that's hot. So since that's the area that's embracing us, there's no sense that we get inside of a a small van and tour up and down the coast. It just doesn't make sense to them. So um, I'm going to be looking for different opportunities to tour down there. So uh, Nav, you're going in August, is that
4: correct? Uh, that's what we're working on right now. Yeah. I think that's
1: that's great. That's actually uh, on my bucket list is to see probably Guns N' Roses down there. You see videos of the crowds and Rock and Rio, oh, especially God. just incredible. And and this podcast has just blessed me with talking to people all over the world and a lot from that area. And what I'm trying to do, and I've been pretty successful thus far, is when GNR are on tour. You know, now I'm getting fans to come on, of course, bilingual, because I'm not smart enough to speak multiple languages. But I'm gonna, people already from South America, yeah, when they come here, let's do. So um, I'm, 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 the appetite for distortion is coming to, uh, to your area, but NAV is actually going to physically be there. So, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's badass.
0: Because Kyle's last name is Samood. So we're going <laughs> to go to Bangladesh and get do all the drugs we can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go,
1: Kyle, Shamu. Speaking As of, far,
0: by the way, any, uh, uh, it's official. Anybody that wants to talk to Kyle, his official nickname is Shamu. Yeah.
3: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Find yeah. me at SeaWorld. That's right, right?
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And fair and enough. Uh, I
0: didn't, I didn't want to have spit on my uh, computer monitor every time I tried to say <laughs> Shamu. So yeah. No, make so it just it Shamu. Shamu, baby. <laughs>
1: Is that how you say it? Is your last name Kyle Mm -hmm. Hamoud? No, Hamood. okay. just straight
3: up H A M O O D. Okay. People like to misspell it. They like to add ends in there. Call me Hammond. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, that
4: happens all the time. <laughs> they have, like part of the keyboard company.
3: It happened like on my credit card from my bank. I'm like, you guys have my real name so,
4: You don't have a you hard know, name. My name
3: yeah. wrong on the hey, card. Nab. Try
0: changing
4: your name, Kyle. See how that
3: goes. Hey,
0: Nav. I got one for you. Um, Tim Godwin at Taylor Guitars, um, we're giving you a plug. Wouldn't it be nice to put a guitar inside of Nav's hand? What do you think? What do you think, Nav?
4: I would love a Taylor. I do love, I would love that. Mm, mm. Yeah,
3: I'm <laughs> sending that to Tim. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, you want some keyboards, right? Who do
3: you want them from? Uh, let's, let's send a shout out to Roland and Korg. And yeah. also this really cool company, um, Asian Sound Machines (ASM) that we yeah. at Damn, kind yeah. of like a little uh, boutique company, but one of the coolest synths I've played in a long time, and just built solid, yeah. built like. A I time. have. I, I I went ahead and bought one. They're freaking awesome. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, right. oh right
4: on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and well, just going back to last names real quick, I did change my last name because my dad changed his last name to Garibaldi to uh, seem more Italian. Right. So, uh, but I found out my family's last name in Brazil is Garcia. So I wanted to go back to, you know, what my last name should be. And I uh, changed my last name to Garcia.
1: That's fine. Well, it's yeah. been. Uh... So now
4: it's uh, Garcia. Uh,
1: it's been amazing nav garcia and kyle hamoud Hamoud, yep, there you go <laughs> uh, but i i want to before we go what can you tell us about the songs we're going to hear dark side and acid plane yeah. what can you- uh, so, <laughs>
4: uh i'll start with acid plane okay uh so my wife is uh she's swiss and uh i went to go visit her in Switzerland, and I decided that I was going to uh, take two hits of acid on the way home okay. uh, on the plane. That's one. So I, it's acid plane <laughs> because I literally <laughs> took acid on the plane. And uh, so we uh, we we left there, and uh, I literally. So the first the first words of the song are: uh, "The plane took off. I swear the world froze for nine straight hours. I stared out the window." <laughs> so literally for nine fucking hours, my face was like this against because we we went through the Aurora Borealis, <laughs> like we were seeing Northern Lights shit happen. Then we went over like uh, Iceland and I was like literally like watching like glaciers like break apart and turn into rivers and shit. That's cool. like, and I, I literally wrote this, the whole song. Off. This is the second time uh, on my album this that for this album this happened. But so I literally wrote the whole song on the plane. Uh, Got home, landed, called Kyle like the minute the plane landed, I was like, dude, I just, the craziest shit ever saw, ever thing words, Um, uh, just wrote a really fucking cool song about it, and Kyle's like, I just finished writing a song too, Uh, musically, uh, you know? So, literally, I was like, well, maybe they'll go together. You know? And he's like, yeah, maybe. So, uh, we went to practice the next time. I was like, yeah, play, play that thing you wrote when I wrote that thing. And he was like, all right. And, and, and it, it was a song. It, it happened
1: Acid yeah. Plane. Right. It's and self-explanatory. Then, the,
4: that was the second time that that happened. The first time I was going through uh, 22 days of fentanyl withdrawal um of no zero sleep for 22 days and uh might have been hallucinating it might have been god i don't know
2: maybe
4: i don't know but uh you know i woke i I didn't sleep for 22 days and then i got like four hours of sleep and i woke up at like three in the morning and literally this like beam of light was on my head from probably from one of the lights in my room but it felt like god and uh and it was like put a pen to paper right now. I was like, all right. And uh, I did that and I wrote a whole whole song and I called Kyle and I was like, dude, I wrote a crazy song last night. He's like, oh, I wrote a crazy song too. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time. Yeah. And so the next band, I was like, hey Kyle, play that song, play that thing you wrote when I wrote that thing, you know? And he was like, okay. And, and it was a song so so there's two of those
0: yeah Is it, um, by, the way, by the way Nav, there's also a segue um or degrees of separation you have a passion that slash has what would yes. that be? what would that be uh snakes
1: oh okay yeah
4: I, I also have bread and i keep uh, the largest species of of uh snake in the world the reticulated python Um, I'm an advocate for proper husbandry of reptiles like that. Um, uh, There's a lot of people that get into the industry for the wrong
1: reasons. What does that mean? You're not marrying these snakes, I assume.
4: (laughs) No. Uh, Husbandry is like the the carols.
1: Okay, I know. Uh, So uh,
4: a lot of people have... These things can get really expensive. We're talking some can be $25,000. And if you're, you know, the first, because they they find different variations in the wild that just look a little bit different. And uh, that gene, if you're the first one to get it, it can be really an expensive gene.
1: It's like Pokemon cards. So. uh, (laughs) Almost. Not really. Doug's over there. Yeah, no, you go ahead. Okay, so, uh, so people kind of see
4: that and they want to capitalize on that and people are keeping really large snakes in really minimal cages. Okay. Uh, to where they don't have room to even stretch their full body length, you know, which is... Uh, I, I think would be like a good requirement to have. Yeah. So uh, I mean I, so I've built cages outside where they get natural sunlight. Oh cool. shade and a, a whole pond where they can swim. And uh, I'm really encouraging because they they've actually tried banning people from actually even keeping these animals. And I r- had to write to the government, you know, literally letters to on a huge lawsuit saying that like, these are my, my life. I love them. You can't make them illegal, but at the same time, I see where they're coming from, but not everybody should be able to have one in a you know, Mm -hmm. five foot cage sitting over here.
1: Yeah. You understand. Yeah. uh, Responsibility. I get it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, um, I'm really trying to advocate for proper, proper care of, of, uh, your
1: yeah, right on. I mean, it sounded like Slash talking about that. He does the same. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think today he posted something about as we we're recording. this, something about bears. So yeah, um, abso- absolutely. I mean, they're they're animals. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, there's keeping them in a,
0: a song a- on the record, Brando, that kind of addresses that. So
1: okay, was that uh, and either of these because we got the acid plane. Obvious, it, it's self-explanatory is dark side self-explanatory did you write this in like a cave uh, so, okay. so
4: actually dark side is probably one of our oldest songs okay uh, we've been we've been around for a good 12 years or so uh, undercover no one knows what we have uh, so we've been around for a good 12 years and that was one of the first songs that Kyle uh, and I played when he came into the band and uh it was recorded um maybe around then and uh now for the new album we've uh, we've re-recorded it and uh it, you know it's pretty self-explanatory back then i was uh I was still only dabbling i wouldn't say i was, I was fully addicted to uh heroin but uh it i'd say that song you know it's it's
1: Heavily related to having a dark side related to Hey, how, how you doing now? I'm uh I'm seven years uh, sober from alcohol. How? Yes. Yeah. How are you? Um, you know, we talk about. And I told you before about my my dad. You know, um, I've had I've lost family members um, and friends to addiction. So, uh, are you are you doing relatively all right uh, nowadays? I'm doing
4: amazing. Uh, Good. It's almost two years uh, since I mean fentanyl Uh, i mean i really personally had a thing with heroin and and when fentanyl came into the play i mean i i I did move up to doing fentanyl but like i'm kind of a purist like like mostly organic things and uh when that polluted everything uh i wanted to go visit my wife in switzerland and i'd been there and i would brought a lot of drugs with me (laughs) and uh I didn't enjoy that experience, uh, okay. and I and I and I actually ran out like an hour before my plane flight. So like, should anything have gone wrong where there was a day delay or anything, I would have been screwed. I would have had to tell the family. It would have been fucked. So I was like, uh, next time I come, I don't I don't want to do that. So uh, I'd been to rehab a bunch of times. I hate rehab. Uh, I just said, you know what? I'm gonna ride this. And just and and I I tried to quit every single day, you know, but it got to the point by eight hours that it was unbearable. And one day I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to see how much worse this can actually get. And it got progressively worse for about 20 days. (laughs) Um, It got, you know, a lot worse, but every time it got worse, I was like, can it get worse than this? Mm -hmm. And and it did and i was like wow okay uh but ketamine if anyone is uh, struggling with that i'm not saying to become addicted to ketamine but ketamine was my true savior in in getting off and and now staying staying good
1: well i'm I'm glad to hear it Uh, because i'm telling you i i never dabbled in in hard drugs but i mean just with i would drink alcohol to go to sleep i didn't want to be here anymore you know um, yeah. I never took it to the point of uh, a suicide attempt but it's like I was praying for a cancer or a car accident I mean until I saw a therapist so without my therapist without going to AA which I did not want to do um, I wouldn't be here today talking to, to you Nav and Kyle so yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear it I'm glad uh, them guns is kicking ass and you're together with Doug you're in good hands
4: we are.
1: Anything else we should look forward to? Because uh, I know we, we covered a lot, obviously, today. Uh, anything down the pike? And what's the best, I guess, we all have our favorite social media. What's the best way to keep in contact with the band?
4: Uh, Instagram. Uh, my handle is Nava underscore Roan. Uh, the band's handle is Them Guns. Um, trying to start a TikTok if we get some more, you know, uh, Let's get some more followers. Start start getting that going, and uh, that's pretty much where we're at.
1: I don't know if I should start a TikTok. I don't know if I could do it, Nav and Kyle. I mean, they're, I, they're telling me to do it. Tell they're,
4: they're telling me. are <laughs> tell telling me to do it. Okay.
1: I know. I, I believe it. That's why I like a little voice in my head is telling me because all, all the cool kids are on it. So I don't know. I, I need to get an intern. The, the yeah, yeah. So if you He's ever intern again, cool. I'll hire you. <laughs> uh, well, this was a pleasure, Doug. Anything? Uh, do you want to talk about any updates on our our book that we're working on? Basically, every day.
0: A lot closer, aren't we? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, Doug. Uh, we're we both kind of got a fire lit under our ass about we, you know, about someone we spoke to about who's worked with Metallica and other bands, being like, and I've said this, I was always truthful, I'm like we've had a lot done but we have a lot more to go. Now it's like, okay, wow, we really have a lot more to go. But I've been doing it every day. I was working on the book before um, this, this episode right here, and I'll do it right after. So you've got it, Doug. I'm on it. Yeah,
4: so our first album is on Spotify, iTunes, all that right now. It's From the Shadows. And our next album is coming soon. Singles are coming soon.
0: And file name of the record?
4: Uh, the, new, the new record
3: is the dark, dark
0: horizon. There you go. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. Those are both on every streaming service. Uh, Dr. Dr. Dr.
0: will be soon. Right. We just got yeah. in people's hands yesterday. So yeah. Yep,
3: yeah. I'll
1: All
0: let you know. I'll keep giving you updates, Brando.
1: I appreciate it, Doug. As always, I'll talk to you soon. Nav, really nice to meet you, Kyle. Really nice to meet you. I usually don't. Uh, I'm not jealous of other people's beards because you see mine's pretty good, but
3: you got a fantastic beard, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Right? It's a, it a good beard conversation, beard brothers. From here on,
1: right on. Well, I hope you guys make it out to New York. Um, you know, with, yeah. on tour and, and meet you both in person. You both are really cool. We will. Right on. All
3: right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brando. Appreciate it, man.
1: All right, you got it. So that does it for the Appetite for Discovery segment, and for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. A lot of fun. Uh, I will say coming up as we wrap it up, we're going to do another review episode. We're going to kind of combine it because it's, it's difficult with them, me being in, in Queens, New York, New York City, and they're in Europe in different time zones and people have real jobs to consistently get reviews as GNR does it. But I'm the only boss here. It doesn't matter. You want to talk GNR? We're going to make it happen. So we had Veronica reach out to me. She wants to talk about Spain and Seville. Seville. I think we're, we're learning about how uh, unlearned I am when it comes to uh, foreign affairs and how bad I guess pronounced other, <laughs> other languages. I'm sorry. You know, As long as you know it's all from ignorance and never meant to offend. And, and Marco, a longtime fan of mine of the podcast wants to reach out Been to a few shows on this leg. And um, I don't think he was at the Spain one. I'm looking at his Twitter right now. Uh, He was at actually, no, just a Lisbon Milan. No, he's at Milan. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. We talk about Spain and Milan, two shows we did not cover yet on appetite for reviews. (laughs) You got to keep them going. uh, The the appetite team going. So that is on the way. And always keep in cut in touch with the podcast in between broadcasts. Whether you want to say, hey, I want to be on the show. I'm going to see Guns N' Roses at this date, in this city, in this country, I want to review. Or if you have a guest suggestion. Or if you want to have a if I have a guest announcement, like I announced uh, Wendy Dio, and perhaps you wanted to get a question in, always check social media, facebook.com slash the AFD show, at the AFD Podcast, on Twitter, where on Instagram. You can email me, theafdshow at gmail.com. Not on TikTok. I don't even want to say yet. That just seems too, too time-consuming. I don't want to do that. I'm putting a lot of my time into not only Doug's book, but YouTube as well. So please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just look for Appetite for Distortion. Uh, That's it. I think it's just... What's the, the, the normal URL? It says YouTube.com, you know, backslash C, backslash, backslash AFD show. You're not going to remember that. So just look up Appetite for Distortion. Uh, most of our 300 episodes are up there. Uh, what's I uh, really been working hard are the, the best ofs. The, what I figure, keep the Guns N' the Roses theme going, I have AFD selects. Okay, so... There are selects with members of Def Leppard I've interviewed, members of The Doors, and recently made one with, uh, I called, the One in a Million defense. So if anyone gives you shit about the song One in a Million, what it's about, okay? And I know most of you listening to this, I don't want to assume, have the opinion that I do that it was just talking as a character. And that's because that's what Axel said, that's the truth. But people think that, oh, he's still a racist. Well, these are interviews with Ernie C. of Body Count and Tracy and Roberta, of course, from Use Your Illusion fame. So three African-Americans basically defending Axel. So if anyone gives you shit about one million, go to my YouTube page, find that Best Of, the AFD Selects Volume 9, I called it, the one in a million defense. Send them that video and say, I think these three people know better than you. They know Axel. Here's what they had to say. So, shut up. (laughs) I like these imaginary conversations that I have. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know, as soon as the word.